You're listening to another episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Hey there, welcome into Small Business Saturdays. My name is Aaron Montgomery and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. We're going to be talking about tracking success today. And uh, we're into the next to last, uh, so the the 12th of a 13-week series that we're doing on the fundamentals of business success. The start of next week, we will go through a full recap of all that and and get all that before we get into our daily habits or our, our marginal improvements that we're going to make. But today, we're all about talking about tracking that success. We, we talk through a lot of different things. You know, we've got purpose. We have the wants. We have goals. We really also now, after going through these, uh, I guess, up to 12 weeks now, we have all of the tools that we need to be taking productive actions. And w- when we really start implementing these fundamentals of business success, So at this point, now we got to really figure out how to build that momentum. Now we have to keep score so that way we can manage our actions, take the appropriate actions, and then really better understand what's working for us. So scorekeeping isn't about comparing or trying to make yourself feel better versus somebody else or anything like that. Scorekeeping is all about helping us build momentum and to really kind of reinforce the positive actions that encourages us to do more. When we were kids, our parents would put the marks on the wall and we were always excited when we grew a couple more inches and, oh, we're eating right. And we're, we're, you know, we're doing the right things, right? So we're keeping score. And then, you know, when we're playing games, right? When we play games, there's a scoreboard to games when playing volleyball, it's the first person to 25 or 21 or whatever it is in that particular game. Right. And, and it's not about necessarily, you know, again, I guess you can tell if you're better than the other team or not, but it's really about, you know, are we making progress forward? Are we winning uh, enough? And, and so that's what we really want to look at here for ourselves is how do we reinforce that positive action that really is going to keep us moving forward and build momentum. And so we want to pick some critical drivers uh, looking at things that aren't vanity metrics. So we talk about metrics, that's your scorecard. What are you, what are you measuring? Um, and, but we got to be careful that we're not measuring things that are just vanity metrics that are really just to make us feel better compared to the next guy. So we'll get into a little bit of that. And then I want to close with you uh, with kind of a formula that I use to kind of find the best numbers, find the best things to keep score of in my business. And and you can use this in in your life as well. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. Hey everyone, Aaron here real quick. Sorry for the brief interruption. If you are getting anything out of Small Business Saturdays, please head over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash SBS. We're going to send you some free resources and give you some more information about our success group and how we might be able to help your company even more. Thanks for tuning in. Now back to the podcast. So when we talk about vanity metrics, The point here is, again, is this thing that we're measuring, is this really going to reinforce positive action and is it going to encourage us to do more? So when we think about businesses, you know, there's some some metrics that a lot of people do track and I get it right. And I've tracked them myself. um, And but if you think about at the end of the day, 
does this really help you build momentum? Does this really reinforce positive actions that you're taking? So let me give you a couple of examples and then explain why I feel like they might be more vanity metric. And, and again, there may be reasons in your business that we track some of these and we'll even talk about that a, a, a smidge, but, but just when you think about the things that you're tracking and again, uh, so a vanity metric, sorry, not again, <laughs> a vanity metric for one company might actually be a metric worth measuring for another company, just depending on how it is they go about it and what they use that information for. So, so we'll leave that there first for you before um, we get into this. And then, like I said, the other part about this is um, <clears throat> what actions does this help us take? You know, when, when I measure this, what action does this help me take? So, all right, I think I've cleared that up. Um, vanity metric. The first vanity metric that kind of stands out to me uh, is when you're measuring number of customers. <clears throat> um, and, and, and like I said, that this could be useful for some people, especially when you're starting out, you're just trying to grow. Um, but if you focus all of your efforts in on the number of customers that you have, you might be missing the boat on some, some more productive information that you could find. Because um, I, I had an, an opportunity at a company that I worked with, and, and one of the things that like was almost a, a bragging point of the owner of the company was the fact that they were getting 30 new customers a day. Right. And, and while that sounds great, wow. Okay. You're attracting all these new people. I knew the reality of that was at, there were times where we were losing more than 30 customers a day because we were so focused on, on the, the new customers and the, the bigger fish and the, you know, and, and at times there was not enough emphasis on, retaining customers and helping those customers grow and make them of more value to us. So a metric that I would rather measure when it comes to types of customers is their, their lifetime value. What, how long can you keep that customer? So longer you keep that customer, the more they're going to spend with you. And so that increases their value. And then the more you help that customer and, and consult with them and, and, you know, help their business, help them solve problems, the more money they're going to spend as well. So you can grow your customers in, in, in that way. So, because reality is uh, 80% of your business is going to come from 20% of your customers. So if you can focus on that 20% of your customers and work with them and, and grow them, we don't need hundreds of thousands of customers to be successful. I know very, very successful businesses that have hundreds, maybe even a hundred or so customers, right? So you, you don't need to have, again, thousands and thousands and thousands of customers. Now, do you want to put all your eggs in one basket and just have one or two customers? No, not necessarily, because now you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a tough spot, but do you need thousands and thousands of customers? I'd say, no, I'd say you need, you know, a hundred great customers or 50 great customers that you work with and grow and, and you help expand their lifetime value. All right. So that's one vanity metric. Number of customers, again, might be worthwhile to track in some cases, but don't hang your whole business on it. Just making sure that I'm always growing my customer list. Right. And, and that's the only focus that you ever have, because to me, that tells me that you're not focused on your customer retention. You're not focused enough on building your customer relationships and, and whatnot. So that's one area. <clears throat> Second area here. And I see a lot of people, uh, kind of focus a lot on this 
uh, is your web page views. How many people have viewed that web page? And, and, you know, there's a spot in Google Analytics where you can see that and, uh, and understand that. And I know a lot of people that track that pretty heavily, um, you know, may another similar metric might be, you know, number of minutes viewed on YouTube or, or things like that. So getting eyeballs on something is great, right? We, we want to have as many views as we can, certainly, because then that gives us more opportunity. But just like the number of customers, I think we need to be figuring out ways to look at quality over quantity. So instead of web page views, maybe what you need to focus on are things like, um, how long a customer stays on or how many of those web page views turn into customers, your conversion rate, how, how many of those page viewers become a buyer, they go to checkout or, or they just get to the checkout stage. Um, you know, so things like that, that's what you want to look for instead, because again, it's great to get people on your site, but if you're not actually then turning that into a relationship, meaning they become a customer, then it doesn't really matter. Same as with the customers. I don't need millions of hits on my webpage. What I need are people that want to go there that are interested in what I do and are interested in either learning more or becoming a customer. So that's number two. Third one here. And, and this is a, a big one that, uh, you know, I, I know lots of people maybe talk about and look at, but how many followers, right? So if you're, you've got a YouTube channel, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube? And, and all of these social media um, outlets that they, they help you focus on this. They, they want that because the more people they get, right? So their, their business is completely different. Their business is the attention business. How, how much attention can they steal from other people? Because the more attention they steal from people, the, uh, more opportunities they have to serve up the ads, which pays their bills, right? And um, so what happens is they drive you to look at things like your number of social media followers, how many people are subscribed to your YouTube channel, and then they give you rewards if you have X number of subscribers, right? And um, well, that's all great. Again, we're we're missing the point of what we're trying to do with our businesses. What we're trying to do with our businesses, grow a relationship and have the right people. You know, when, when you're focused just on the number of social media followers, um, then again, you're, you're focused on, I want to be everything to everybody, right? I, oh, I want to have a million subscribers and I'm going to be able to help service a million people. Right. Right. Now, if you've got a lot of subscribers, that, that's great because it hopefully means that you're helping people and they're sharing and it's getting out there. But a lot of it also has to do with the algorithm. Right. When you think about social media, it's all about their algorithms and their algorithms are designed to, again, steal attention. And when they steal attention, they're able to serve up more ads and they're able to make more money. That That's the bottom line for social media. For your company, it's not about stealing attention. It's about building relationships and it's a completely different thing. So if you focus on that as your one sole main driver, one scorecard number that you're really focused on, you're going to have some challenges with that, right? So I, I get it. There's certain times where, yes, we need to increase our followers. We need to share. We need to do that stuff. Like we, we had a whole segment inside of our success group where we talked about how you do the, the funnel process. And, and the first part of that is getting enough followers on your Facebook page to have that social proof. But the way we 
position that is it's just to get the social proof. So then when you get the right people showing up, they go, oh yeah, okay, this, this makes sense to me, right? Oh, well, there's 4,000 other people that, that like this page. So I might be in the right place, right? So you don't want to keep your whole focus there, but there are times where you maybe want to look at that. So that's the next one. Fourth one here. Um, and for, we'll do fourth and fifth together here because these kind of fall hand in hand. Um, so this is your email open rate or, and then also uh, another similar vanity metric is how many subscribers you have on your email list. And, and this is going to be just like the number of customers, just like the page views, just like the social media followers. Again, these don't drive any true success inside of our business. Um, just because somebody opens your email doesn't mean that they've taken any action on it. So with all of these things, we need to be looking for things to keep score of that go a little bit deeper than just that first level, right? The first level is easy. We can track that super easy. The second level is a little bit harder. How do we track engagement? You know, the number of subscribers, um, you know, how many people are unsubscribing, it might be another better thing to look at, you know, so if you've got a lot of people unsubscribing, then you probably need to up the game on your content. You need to be delivering stuff that they want to get, uh, you know, versus just making sure you've got 10,000 people on your email list. Uh, anybody that does any regular email marketing will know the more people you have on your list and the more expensive it's going to be. So just like the number of customers, I'd rather have a thousand people on my email list that want to hear from me that are actively engaged and are interested in the products and services that we offer versus having 10,000 people where maybe a hundred of those people are actually interested. And I end up on the spam list more often because they don't know who the heck I am, why I'm sending them this email, all that kind of stuff. And, and the same thing goes for the open rate when depending on what email software they're receiving the email in, just because it showed up on their phone, depending on their settings, that may count as an open, right? So the only way an email program can know that an email was opened is they hide a little um, kind of invisible, uh, basically tr transparent pixel in the code with pixel being an, an image. And if that image has been open, that's the only way they can kind of tell that something is done in that email program, that will count as an open. And so that open, you might have somebody that reads your full email address, but they never said show pictures for this email. And so they'll have read the whole thing and, and you'll, you won't know that that's an open um, or vice versa, where maybe their settings are that they open all the pictures that come through and they don't even read it. And it goes, you know, you can have an email open that also becomes a spam uh, button push. Right? So email open rates really don't move the needle for us. What we really want to look at are things like click through rates. So how many times are they clicking, going to our website, taking the action of what we wanted that email to happen, right? That's a better thing to look at. And then last but not least here, um, the, the, the likes, the hearts, the thumbs ups, the, all of those. When we talk about social media, it's all about, again, creating relationships and, and finding the right people, finding the right community, getting really down to your core. And I know that as I'm sitting here scrolling through Facebook and I'm going like this and I can, oh, oh you know, so-and-so said this, oh, I'll just heart that, right? Oh, and, it, and we've gotten into this whole, like, again, it's like sitting in front of a TV and just mind-numbingly consuming stuff that's in front of us 
without any intention behind it. And, um, and it just becomes, oh, oh, I've got to like, I've got to like, I've got a heart. Those things are meaningless on, in a lot of levels. Like for the algorithm side of things, it doesn't really move the needle. Um, so you're not going to get, if people are just liking your stuff all the time, um, that's not going to get you in front of more people. Um, it, it just doesn't do anything <laughs> for you at, at a personal level because when we're engaging on social media, it should be about building that relationship. It should be about getting to a better understanding of your customers and your customers getting a better understanding of who you are as a person, as a business, as, as values. So you have to understand that when we're just liking or hurting, that's not doing anybody any good because we don't learn anything more. Oh, yay. Uh, you know, my, my wife is actually notorious for this. She, she's a, she's a harder, right? <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well, Kylie is really sweet and nice. And she just likes a lot of things. But I know it, if Kylie actually took the time to type a response in, in the comments, that's a whole different ball game, right? Because now she's had to actually do something, right? So for me, I really occasionally, yes, I will just like something because it didn't really engage me that much, but certain things like, oh, well, I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to share my side of that story, or I'd like to ask another question and learn a little bit more, right? So, um, that's what it's all about when you get into things like that. So just wanted to give you guys some examples of vanity metrics that are tracked inside of businesses. And then we, you know, tried to give you a few examples in there of some things that you could track instead, but ultimately you've got to find some things that are going to work for your business and what your goals are and, and how you're going to move that. So when we talk about that, how do how should we be tracking things? You know, how, how do we avoid those vanity metrics that we just discussed? Well, as I promised in the description here, I've got a little formula that I have used that really helps me figure it out because everybody's metrics is going to be different. So what I track and what you track, like I can't just say, oh, well, you should track these four things in your business and you're going to be successful because those four things might not move the needle for you, whereas they on the other side could really move the needle for me. And so it would be almost, I don't know, rude's probably not the right word, disingenuous of me to just say, just track these metrics because then I'm lying to you. I'm lying to myself about how unique and different your business is. You've got to figure out a way that then you can figure out what's going to work for you. So let me, I'm going to put this up on screen and, and this, this formula that I have here and I'll, I'll read it as we go and then we'll come back and talk about it. So here we go. Formula is consistent trackable data times actionable and implementable tactics, which equals customer satisfaction, meaning we're solving for customer satisfaction. So consistent trackable data times actionable implementable tactics equals customer satisfaction. So let's let's break that formula down here real quick. And and again, as I mentioned in the one second to last screen there. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to solve for customer satisfaction. So the two, two bits of information at the front of that formula are the blanks. And we're trying to get them to add up and equal customer satisfaction. So, so if, if you have any questions about that, please let me know because I know that, that it's a little confusing. Most of the time we look at an equation and we solve it linearly, but we're leaving the blank we already know the answer to this 
problem. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to throw in the two pieces that will equal the answer. We always want the answer to come out to be customer satisfaction. So if we hold that steady, the first part of figuring out what you should measure in your business is to find a way in your systems and the way you go about things and what you have available to you data wise. Is it something that you can consistently track? Is it consistently trackable? Meaning you don't have to create some crazy scorekeeping system that's not going to be easy to track on the regular. So the idea here is I don't want to be building something that's going to require me to use all of my available working on my business time, just tracking data, right? So consistent trackable data, so things like um, lifetime value of your customer can be something that can be consistently tracked because you know how much business they're doing. It's just adding things up and then taking that and understanding how, when you started doing business with them. So if you want to track customer lifetime value, keep record of when you got that customer, when you did the first order with that customer, how much the orders were along the way and how long you're keeping those customers on average. Right. And, and as your business grows, that data will become more and more consistent and, and reliable for you. Um, but you have that starting point of when did I start doing business with this customer and then how much are their orders? Right. So that's consistent trackable data. So that's the first thing we need to look for in our business. The second is actionable, implementable tactics. So that not easy to say a little tongue twister there, actionable implementable tactics. So what that means is not only does that data have to be something that we can easily track, but the tactics that we can draw out of that are something that we could implement. So let me see if I can come up with a good example here just on the fly. I didn't really think think that part through exactly, but okay. Yeah. Um, so if you have a situation where you're tracking data. Um, let's use one of the vanity metrics, actually. This could be, so I'm tracking how many social media followers I have, right? And I keep growing those social media followers. And, and so that's consistent, that's trackable, but I'm trying to equal it to customer satisfaction. Are there any tactics I can draw out of how many social media followers I have that's going to improve my customer satisfaction? So if I've got 10,000 social media followers, what is it that you're doing with those 10,000 social media followers that's actionable that could equate to more customer satisfaction? So instead, I could track engagement and then the tactic would be, how do I convert those engaged social media followers into customers? So that's the implementable tactic because once I convert them into customers, then I can figure out how satisfied they are as customers, right? And so I'm, I'm looking at that. Um, so really the idea here though, is to make sure, so let me just simplify all of this, right? I, I, I've got the formula because that gives us some, some windows because it, it gives us those two things, the consistent trackable data and the actionable implementable tactics as a way to kind of grade the, the metrics that we're keeping. But ultimately at the end of the day, 
every metric you track, you could you could throw out the first two things if 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 that's too complicated for you, which I get it, right? And, and at first it might sound really complicated. Um, and and so it's important here that I also note that these shouldn't be complicated at all. So I want you to also add another piece to this, not to complicate it more, to actually take out the complication and make sure that it's just something that makes sense to you that you can easily track. The only thing that you really ultimately need to weigh this against is if I'm tracking this and I'm improving this number, if, if we're doing better, like I'm, I'm the tally, I'm getting more checkboxes, the number's getting bigger, whatever it is that you're tracking there. If I'm doing that, does that needle move have a direct correlation to how satisfied your customers are with you? So that's what you got to figure out how to track. Now, we might track a lot of different things and some things might be a little more heavily weighted towards that than others, but we don't need to get too crazy. We need to get like a handful of things and just make sure. So like when we talked about web page views, right? Okay. It doesn't matter how many people are, are there. It's how many people are converting into customers and becoming satisfied customers. So that's the main thing, right? Just if, if the only thing you take from this today is to just make sure that what you're tracking leads to customer satisfaction. Now, as we talk about that, one thing that I did want to note here is that the same system works for our personal lives. It works for our relationships. It works for whatever it is that we're trying to grow and improve in our lives. So if you want to take a look at it this way, just replace customer with whatever it is. So if you're trying to improve your relationships, then take customers out and put the person whose relationship you're trying to improve or the people whose relationship you're trying to improve, which could be customers, right? But you can take that out. If you're trying to have more self-confidence instead of customer satisfaction, it's personal satisfaction. If you're trying to lose weight, it's how do you feel about yourself? How, how's your body feeling? So it's, again, it's personal satisfaction. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. As we talk about business here, though, when we're focused on our customer satisfaction, we're really going to be able to move the needle. So again, like I said, if you take only one thing from this whole conversation that we've had here, you can just simplify it all down to the fact that whatever it is that you're keeping score of, as long as that score, the better you do at that score, the better your customers are going to be satisfied. The more your customers are going to be satisfied, excuse me. All right. So I'm going to leave it at that. And then I'm going to, now we need to get into the nuts and bolts. What, what does this mean? Okay, we're keeping score of this, but what are we doing with that, right? And how are we making actionable, implementable tactics? And then how are we driving that motivation that we talked about at the beginning? Right? When, when we're keeping score, when we're able to check the box, right? I, I, I do this. I know lots of people. We had discussions in Bali about this the other day, um, or maybe it wasn't in Bali, but we, we've had discussions about this where, you know, we make a to-do list. And I've even gotten so bad at this at different times of my life where 
I have like completed a project or I've com completed something that wasn't on my to-do list. So I entered it onto my to-do list just so I could get the satisfaction of checking it off the list. Right. So when we have that to-do list, right, that's just that we're keeping score. Okay. Those are our tasks. This is what we're trying to get done. We're keeping score by checking the box. And, and so that's what we've got to get to next. How do we do that in such a way that it doesn't again, become overwhelming and be the only thing that we do. Like I said, I was spending so much time just trying to build my list that I wasn't actually getting anything done. My list became build the list. And then I checked that off. Hey, I built the list, right? So getting to that point where we can set up a scoreboard. So let, let me give you an example of this. Um, and I'll start with some personal stuff and then we'll get into some business stuff if that, that works for you. Because I think it's a little bit easier to kind of break this down in our heads when we just don't get all of the outside world in here. So one of my goals for me personally is that my wife and I have at least two date nights per month where it's just my wife and I, and it's truly a date night or an out with the friends. And we're not talking about work, right? Cause we get together weekly and have a, a really nice breakfast meeting every week. And, but we're talking about work. And, and so we wanted to make sure that we remembered that we're not just business partners. We're, we're, we're also husband and wife and a family and, and uh, in love with each other and, and all of that stuff. So one of the things that we wanted to do is we have two date nights per month. So if you guys haven't seen this, I'll, I'll share a picture if anybody reaches out and asks me for it, but I am kind of that weird person. I'm, I've got my office all set up now and I've got whiteboard sticker paper on uh, you know, in fact, I've got some back there. I, I, I love a good whiteboard <laughs> paper or, or, or a way to do that. So I've got actually two full walls that are covered in whiteboard stuff. And one of those is my scorecard area. And on that scorecard area, um, I have spots in each. So I've got each month listed out and then two lines at each month. And on those spots, once we've set the dates up, I write in the date or maybe I put a little note about what it is that we're doing or whatever, just putting, basically checking it off. I'm, I'm score, score one for me. We got the date night score two. We, we cleared that month out. Okay. On to the next month. And so I fill those dates in on the wall. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and get a whole whiteboard wall. I, I don't want to cause, <laughs> I don't want to cause friction at your home. <laughs> my, my wife thinks I'm crazy and that's fine. Um, but you need to have some sort of a system, right? So find a system that works for you. Maybe you've got a calendar that you use as your scoreboard. Maybe you've got a notepad that's just specifically for keeping score of things. Maybe you've got a journal or whatever. Maybe it's even digitally. You know, you could do something like this in an Asana or, or another project management kind of system as well. So whatever works for you, whatever's best for you, find a system and then keep score of the things that you want. All right. So let's talk about this from a, a business standpoint. Now, with our business, we probably are going to have some financial goals. Hopefully they're, they're profitability based um, as a way to move the needle as opposed to just straight revenue. But uh, I, I'm not saying straight revenue is not a good metric. It's actually something that I track because I, I understand where my profitability needs to be so I can, I can focus on, on just generating more revenue. And then because that's not the main deciding factor for what it is that I'm trying to, to do. So I can just track those things, right? So um, what I would suggest doing, and I'm going to just put it up on screen here 
those of you that are listening to the podcast version, this is one of those thermometer things like they do in um, like tel telethons or different things like that, where, where uh, charity is trying to raise a certain amount of money. So using an image like this, it's kind of a thermometer and you have what your goal is at the top and you can put increments. Some people will put percentages. I would suggest actually putting the numbers, the segments of numbers in there, because then you, you're still working towards that number. When you put a percentage in there, you actually have to then do the math of like, well, how much does that mean left for me? And even if it's easy, quick math, it's still math that you've got to do. So the more of that we can take out of the equation when we just glance at something, then the better off we're going to be. So again, you're, you're filling it in and then whether that's, you know, if you've got a team of people that are all working towards a goal, maybe it's a sales goal and you've got a, a salesperson that, or something that works for you, then maybe you're going to track this and update it weekly. Um, maybe it's monthly, maybe it's quarterly, but make sure that regularly you're updating something like that, like that thermometer piece there. Now, this is really going to help you build momentum because as you see that thing fill up or you get to a point where you're not as full as it should be, you know, you expect it to be a little further along, that's either going to motivate you or it's going to help keep that momentum going, going, yeah, I'm doing the right things. Okay. We're growing, we're growing, we're growing. And, and so we're getting that going. So that that's one way from a business standpoint, when you start looking at financial stuff or, or, or numbers deals that we can measure. So by putting that kind of a thermometer view, I actually do it um, sideways. <laughs> I know thermometers don't normally go like that. They are normally like the one that you see on screen here where they're up and down. Um, they just work on my system better when I put them sideways and I go from left to right. Um, so that's one thing. And then another thing is you do need to pick out one breakthrough goal. Um, that That's what Jack Canfield calls it. It's that breakthrough goal. It's that thing that's going to get you to that next level. And um, some people will call this a BHAG, which stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. It's that thing that's a little bit scary and it's outside of your comfort zone. But again, if you reach it, you know it's going to really put you into that next level that you're trying to get to. And so for me, my breakthrough goal is to support over a thousand people through masterminds or um, mastermind style workshops that uh, I'm building. So with that, what I've done is I have a place on my scoreboard where I write down every name of who I've been able to support through mastermind. So anybody that's been in the masters of success program so far has got their name on, on my wall and I keep track of that. And I've got space to be able to put a thousand people in there. And then I'm working on a, a major workshop that I'm building to help people find business clarity. So as people sign up for that, they'll be getting their names on the wall. And so I'm just tracking that. And that does two things for me when I when I put their names on the wall. At first, I was just going to do checkboxes. And then I decided that I needed to upgrade that because now I, I know it, it it's actually associated with somebody. I've been able to help somebody. I've been able to support somebody. And even if they're not in the program anymore, you know, I had that opportunity to spend some time with them. I got valuable feedback from them. They got valuable feedback from me. And we were able to, to have that little bit of difference. And, and that is the breakthrough goal for me. So what is it for you, right? So in your business, maybe it's the amount of money that you would like to donate to your local community. Maybe it is the, um, you know, the, the 
where you're able to go. Maybe it's bringing somebody in, you know, hiring an employee or something like that. So, you know, what are the steps? What, what's the big, hairy, audacious goal, the breakthrough goal that if you're able to achieve that, you feel like that's going to get you to that next level. I'm not saying that maybe is the ultimate goal, but that's going to get you to that next big level that, like I said, feels a little bit outside of your comfort zone, uh, feels a little bit scary, but you can believe that it's possible when you really work on believing that it's possible. So that's that's the last bit on tracking success here that I wanted to share is just to make sure that you're you're tracking something that's really of importance to you as well. One other last point, and we talked about a lot of different things that you could track from personal to business to all that other stuff. Don't get too far carried away in it. Don't don't make it so overwhelming that you get so many things to track that it becomes the only thing. So I'm just trying to add up in my head five, six. I think I've, I think I've got about six things that I track um, total. And, and, and that's good. That's perfect. I mean, because some of them are a little bit bigger and you've got some different things, it takes up a pretty good size of my whiteboard wall, but you know, that could be six sections in a notebook that could be, um, like I said, a, a calendar where you've got some milestones along the way, and that's how you're keeping score or something like that. So whatever works for you, find that system that works, but then make sure that you start tracking stuff. The sooner you start tracking stuff, even if you don't have a lot of data yet, so maybe you're a brand new business and you do want to get some new customers and you do want to start measuring lifetime value. That's fine. You don't have to have perfect data. It's just like when we go back to talking about knowing our numbers, for any of you guys inside of our success group, you know that we talk a lot about having that hourly shop rate. But the other thing that we want to make sure people understand is that I don't have to be dead on to the penny. I just need to have some placeholders in there to give me a frame of reference, to give me a new perspective, to look at how I price my products, to look at how I decide on what I'm doing to take things on. And the same thing goes for how we're tracking success here. We don't need to be crazy. We don't have to be perfect in our numbers. You know, if your goal is $100,000 and you make it to $99,000, that's still a celebration. You make it to $75,000. That's still a celebration, right? So you're growing and it's just helping us focus on the things that we want. It's helping us keep score. It's helping us drive to do a little bit more than we were doing because we can see the scoreboard. All right. So that's what I've got for you guys today. If you have any questions, please let me know. Like I said, next week will be the last week of this uh, Fundamentals of Success series that we've done here. And we'll do a full recap of, of all of the previous 12 steps, including this tracking success part. And then we will get into daily habits. These are the slight marginal improvements that uh, build up to, and as we build those up, it's kind of like compound interest that uh, we realize that we're, we're getting there a lot faster. And um, so to tie these two things together, tracking success, then I have the daily habits that I want to, to build into my life. And I actually keep track of those in a little scorecard on, on my sheet here. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about getting into some of those routines and daily habits and how those can be a lot more powerful than the big, huge, oh my God, I've done all these things in the span of a day, right? And those, while they might feel like really good in the moment, those typically don't really get us where we want to go because we find out that we need to be able to be persistent in those improvements. We can't just make a big change. So I can't, 
if I'm trying to lose weight, I can't just decide today I'm only going to eat salad and I'm just going to eat salad all day. And then tomorrow I go back to my regular crappy eating habits and uh, then go from there. So I don't want to get too far into that and we'll save that for next week. So I appreciate you guys being here and uh, we will look forward to talking to everybody next week to talk about daily habits. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.